And you're very welcome back to another podcast delivered to you by WeddingSuppliers.ie. Today we are joined by Tara Fay, who is a wedding planner. We're also joined just across the waters in the UK, based in London, with Sarah Haywood, who is also on the wedding task force. And today we are going to talk to these amazing wedding planners about their call on government to look for clarity, some sort of a roadmap that couples can just look at and have some sense on how they can plan the wedding. So hello, Tara, and hello, Sarah. Hello. Hello, good. Hi, Great. So, Tara, I'm going to start with you, if that's okay. So, Tara, you have put a petition together, and sure. look, I'm just going to let you pretty much tell us what's been happening uh, in the last couple of weeks. Okay, so thank you for that. Um as you probably remember, towards the end of January, I um, surveyed people within the wedding industry in Ireland and 500 people replied to the survey. And the results of that basically um, came out that the wedding industry itself in Ireland is worth in excess of 2.3 billion, 2.3 billion euro every year. Um, and also the other main point that came out of it is that government sc- um, scored a really low 18 out of 100 in terms of what what the wedding industry thought that government understood about the way that we do business. So they were the sort of the two main points in that, first of all, we're not valued and people don't understand what we do. So with that in mind, then I approached eight other, other planners and we have put together a, a lobbying group and we now have a petition online that we're asking couples and everybody associated with the wedding industry to sign so that we can gain some clarity for anybody getting married within the next two years. So I think anybody thinks that it's just people that are getting married in the next six months. This applies to anybody for the next two or three years getting married because unless the wedding industry is recognized as a valuable contributor to the economy, a lot of those people will not be around. And that suppliers can't guarantee any type of certainty to any of your couples when we don't know what's happening in regards to wedding. Yeah, and we really, really reach out to um, the couples. It's an interesting point what what you actually said. So we're looking at not just beyond, not just the next six months, but beyond that, and to get couples behind this to sign it because you know the more numbers we get behind this, the more we're going to be listened to. Is that correct? Absolutely. I mean, there's, 20, there's apparently 21,000. If we look at CSO figures from 2019, there's 21,000 weddings approximately in Ireland every year. So in theory, we should have 62,000 signatures off the bat. Everybody knows somebody getting married, planning a wedding, has just been at a wedding, is part of a bridal party or knows somebody within the wedding industry. So why do we not have a huge amount of signatures already? This affects anybody going to a wedding getting married, planning a wedding, about to get engaged or have anything to do with wedding. Yeah, so reach out to all your guests, all your suppliers as well. I mean, suppliers are, are, are in this as well. Sarah, if I can come across to you, what's been happening in the UK? Because I do know last year in Ireland, we were looking across the waters and they were saying it was like six people to a wedding going, God, we're being spoiled here. You know, we can have 25. At one stage, we could have 50 guests and you guys were just really, really suppressed on, nope. on the guest list. <laughs> you were getting nothing, basically. We were getting nothing. So the UK wedding industry is completely decimated. We were at best allowed to do weddings of 30 people. And I think that was just for a few weeks. Mostly it was 15 when they were allowed at all. And we've not been able to trade in the commercially viable form for 11 months now. 
And of course, anybody who works in, in weddings in, in Western Europe, our busy season is April to the end of October. So we're all facing our sixth consecutive quarter of low or no business at all. And, and I was interested in the little discussion about you know, why aren't we taken seriously despite the value of our sectors? I've no idea in Ireland, but here in the UK, the, the, the revenue generated from weddings is worth more than ticket sales from live sports, and it's worth more than ticket sales from live arts events. And here, they've had huge grants. And I, I have spent some time thinking about this, especially now. You know, why aren't we taken seriously or understood by either the public or decision makers? Is it because we've never had to make any noise about it? Perhaps because what we do looks from the outside in as frivolous. It's essentially parties. And it's not. You know, when the people who run wedding businesses, we, you know, we're serious people running serious businesses. Um, but, of course, it looks all wonderful. It looks like people like Tara and I just have a wonderful life wandering around on, on high heels and drinking champagne. But the reality is, of course, very, very different. And we've never had to rely on grants or the public purse. So our contribution to the economy has gone kind of largely unknown. And yet both in Ireland and the UK, we're, we're world-renowned sectors. Yeah. They were very well regarded overseas. But when the pandemic struck, you know, we didn't have an Andrew Lloyd Webber to go on news at 10 for us every night in an empty theatre. You know, we don't have the resources that things like hospitality do for their lobby. We're not sport. We don't have that cult of personality behind us. Um, and so that kind of has gone unknown. So in the UK, we realised that we weren't being taken seriously and that we also didn't have an overarching industry body. We have lots of little associations, you know, to take care of everything from photographers to cake makers and venues. But there was nothing that was overarching. And it's because we've never needed it. Yeah, so in the yeah. UK, we lobbied hard for a task force. But we had to really professionalize to do that. And we had to hire you know, public affairs advice. We managed to get through the door with the small business minister here. We said we need to set up a task force. He said, if you do it and it's industry appointed, we'll back it. It's taken three months to put it together. Yeah. You know, we're in 11 months of no trading. And finally, we're at least being heard. Okay, well, but that's this good. this week, I'm wondering, have we been understood? Being heard is one thing. Yeah. But being understood is another. And I think Tara will... And that's actually a really interesting point about there, is that when, from the survey that we put out, that the fact that we I asked the question... Do you think government understands the business of weddings or what is involved in putting together a wedding? And it was yeah. 18 out of 100. So people don't understand what goes into a wedding. They don't understand that it is not like any other type of event. And also the other thing which is incredibly important is that it is private money. It is not like a corporate event or it is not like anything else. This is somebody's private personal money that they've already paid tax on that we're then investing on their behalf into their wedding. And it is, as you rightly said, it is because there is this perception or this illusion that it is all pretty in pink um, yep. and that we're going around, you know, as you say, in high heels drinking champagne and that it is seen as something out there that is not essential, but yet it is something that everybody will have attended or been part of at some stage in their life. And, can I... and, and we've all been guests at weddings and we, we, we all understand, you know, that they're wonderful days, but behind the scenes, there's a huge 
farming to get this show on the road. And we also have a supply chain, a very important supply chain. You know, you don't just say on Wednesday, oh, we'll hold a wedding on Saturday. And that supply chain is also suffering. And that's why we all need help. And, and I would say that time's running out. And without urgent government financial help in Ireland and in the UK, if we don't have intervention in the form of news that weddings are going to be able to start, clarity on what they might look like, and actually some support so that the infrastructure doesn't collapse. I mean, can you imagine if you're a venue owner? Yeah. All that money that you need just to keep your venue going. And can I come so in we're and, here. and what Can I come in, Sarah, and just maybe if we started that 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 where the representation part is kind of urgent now because we were kind of that industry where you know, it's obviously evident that in the UK and in Ireland that representation wasn't there. And ultimately, I think what we're all trying to do is get representation, yes, for the industry, but ultimately for the couples, because the couples are in a yeah. situation now where they can't plan and that where it brings us back to speed up the roadmap. I think it would have been very unfair to look for a roadmap, um, you know, six months ago. Yeah. But I think now with the vaccines in sight, um, and I, I might actually come to tire on this with the vaccines in sight we're obviously being very sensitive about public health advice but with the vaccines in sight there should be some sort of system or framework or structure to allow couples understand yes in june i can have 25 people i'm good to go and that's what i want and that's probably that's fundamentally what we're trying to do here tara isn't it i think if if there was at least some hope given to people and that's it it's sort of like the not only the lack of clarity but the lack of hope for anybody last year we were able to mount very successfully safe weddings and mm-hmm. um, i know that there have been some outbreaks associated with some weddings any of those outbreaks are associated with either a for guidelines were not followed so so that the, the actual guidelines are set out by fault ireland were not followed or b for the for the weddings were actually held in venues that were not approved and therefore should be deemed house parties or else they were in excess of the designated numbers. And in those cases, I am fully in support of anybody involved being prosecuted because all they're doing is bringing the tone of the industry down for everybody else. Yeah. Yeah. And Sarah, did you see any of these kind of outbreaks, even though you're, there were restrictions to 30 people? Uh, what kind of rules and restrictions were in place? Uh, the, the toughest time for you guys, what kind of restrictions were in place? I mean, they were very tough. Everything was COVID secure. Um, you know, all the things that we know about. So we were lucky. There were very few rogue events. There's been a few. And we as an industry have been very careful to distance ourselves from that. And the UK Weddings Task Force, you know, it's not our job to police weddings. So our view is if it isn't legal, you can't do it. Um, but, you know, wedding venues anyway have strict protocols in place. Professionals like myself and Tara, we already, pre-COVID, have to do a risk assessment for every event that we do. We already know how to take care of people safely. And, of course, we can implement very strict protocols. And now, I mean, we, know, we, we all get why our activities have had to be curtailed. You know, there's a pandemic. But now, as you say, there's a vaccine, there's rapid testing, and there is no valid reason why all that data that's been used to keep us all closed, all the predictions that they make, 
you know, X based on Y means we can't go out. Why can't they use those same predictions on a plan for reopening us? Now, well, I'm, I'm yeah. hoping that's what they're doing, but they can't have it both ways. Yeah. And we can't, I mean, for how much longer is our fear of illness and death going to stop us living? And can I ask and you? And I'm all for speak safety. Don't yeah, get course. me wrong. Safety yeah. is paramount. But if you run a wedding venue or you're a wedding planner like myself and Tara are, this is not a problem to run a COVID secure event. And it's much easier to do than just going to a restaurant. Yeah. We know who the guests are. We know even where they'll be sitting. So it's, we're testing. There is no reason why well, we that was, but that was a big a thing. That was a big thing last year. The contact tracing. Look, the guests. We know where they are. We know who they are. We can find them quite quickly. No one wants uh, an outbreak. But could I ask you a question then in in relation to the rapid testing and also the vaccine? Okay, so the UK are ahead of us. So in the Financial Times just at the weekend that passed, um, there was an article saying that all over fifties in the UK, will be vaccinated by May. So you're going to have yep. a much more quicker opening, we would hope, than ourselves. So hopefully we could kind of look at the UK and see how that works. So this is more yep. of a reason for a roadmap, right? Because the May is only two yep. months away. So what have your yep. government said to you if you if, if for a roadmap? <laughs> <laughs> Can I just ask? So like, we had anything? a meeting on Monday. Okay. Just this week, we had a meeting with Downing Street and the business department, a joint meeting, and they all sat in there. And, of course, they don't tell you anything. You ask, and the minister says, oh, you know, that's not my decision. That's a number 10 decision. And then number 10, they say, oh, you know, that's the prime minister's decision. He's not here. I'm confident that weddings will be included in the roadmap that Boris Johnson is announcing in a couple of weeks' time. What I'm not confident about is what they'll say. Um and we're pressing. And we had a meeting yesterday with Treasury, you know, trying to make the case as to why we need a grant and why we need the extension. And they just don't get it. So that first conversation we just had about why they don't get it. And you said, this is about people wanting to get married. So I said to them, what are you going to do? Here, we've got 800,000 weddings in the pipeline within the first 24 to 30 months of reopening. What are they going to do if we've gone? And what are they going to do with all those angry couples whose deposits will be gone when all these businesses go bust? Yeah. Because when we go bust, those deposits will go with us. Let's assume we're sitting on 50% of the deposits from last year. It doesn't take brain of Britain to work out how much money we might be sitting on. So it's stupid of government to not think a tiny little bridge, and it's just a support bridge to get us to the other side. Yeah, and yeah. it's not, and it's at the moment. I mean, I don't think it's right that you're prohibited from getting married. And what's at stake is one of the most fundamental and cherished freedoms in our society, in both of them, in both our countries. And they could give such a wonderful message of hope and optimism. By using weddings to lead the reopening absolutely, of events. Absolutely. Why not? Yeah. What a great news story. And they all want to get re-elected. So use us 
Well, I think when it comes to, like, if I come back to, if I go back to Tara, I know that Tara used reference to New York City, um, where the mayor now is allowing 150 guests use antigen testing. I'm all pro antigen testing. But Tara, if you want to talk about that, our government's view on that, because for me, I think everything that we can do should be part of the recovery and antigen rapid testing should be part of it. What's wrong with, why will the government not look closer at this for, for social gatherings? I think Sarah just said it there, is that we're not, actually weddings are never considered. People don't take it seriously because we've always done it, because we've been quiet about it, we've just got on with it. As an industry, we've never, people have never even thought of us as an industry. So it is about the fact that, you know, they have to understand that it is a valuable and a vital part of our economy in both countries. So it is really important that we're taken seriously. Secondly, in terms of antigen testing, I mean, Carl, you know, I have received a um, some communication from um, from a member of government. We can say it, we can say it, it's okay. Not. Yeah, well, it's up to you, but I mean, look, I think it's fair to say. I, mean, I don't want to talk about okay. it yet because I'm unsure with the information that I've been given what I'm to do with that information. Okay. So I'm going to hold my counsel on it at the yeah. moment. If that's it was okay. quite striking though, because I read it. So it was quite alarming. You read it. Yeah. So, you know, it's so that they're not willing to, first of all, look at the, the, um, the situation that's in New York. So just for clarity, for anybody who's listening, Governor Cuomo in New York has said from the 15th of March, weddings of up to 150 people will be allowed to take place with rapid testing put in place for every supplier and every guest at the wedding, that they have to have a clear test within 24 hours of the time of the wedding. Now, that is not negating everything else. They have to follow every other COVID guideline and restriction that is in place. So tables of maximum four people, everybody has to mask up. So all of the other restrictions are in place. So it is not just tick a box antigen testing. You know, there are lots of other things put in place. So the fact that we're just saying blanket no to something like that without even looking at it or engaging with us. And here's the problem, without even engaging and finding out that the wedding industry is a valuable contributor to the economy. As Sarah said, people want to get married. It is a good news story. It is something happy. It is something for people to look forward to. Everybody is sitting, staring into the drain at the moment and not looking at any way of coming out of this. And we need some hope, some happiness and something to look forward to. So what I have asked for, and this is, and I'm going to work on this, is that I'm getting, I'm putting together a six-week survey working with some colleagues in New York. And we're going to look at the first six weeks of weddings in New York, how they've handled them and come out with, an, but it shouldn't be up to me to go and do this, to give to the government. Why is, are people not doing their jobs? If Sarah and I didn't do our jobs, we wouldn't be paid. Yeah. If we exactly. didn't do a good job, we wouldn't exactly. get the would withhold money from us. Yes, people are making decisions that impact on us not being able to do make a living and do our jobs, and they're yeah. still getting paid. And I think it's fair to and say, we, Tara... Like See, if I just mention this, Sarah, it is fair to say, and we didn't really want to touch off this today, but pretty much supports have been given across 
the whole industry, you know, I suppose the pubs are closed, the hotels, the supports in place. Uh, you know, wedding businesses, when we call them wedding business, have been excluded here. They can't get access to supports either. And it comes to what, what do you say, it's Sarah? Okay. Our couples, Our couples want us to be there in 18 months' time. I mean, couples are booking Absolutely. for 2023 now. They want us to be there because that's why they hired us. Um, so and they can, need us now. They're using us now. They're using us to help them get through this. We, I mean, in the UK, we have furlough. I can't use furlough. My team are postponing and re-postponing and dealing, dealing with all these inquiries. And as Tara says, it's not okay. Why did I have to? I've literally spent 11 months full-time doing this. Yeah. Why, why have we got to do this? And it's, it's not okay. And to not treat a, a sector dominated by women, dominated by women, is that why we're not being taken seriously? And in Ireland, of all countries, to not put something where family is at the heart of it ahead of other things, it, it doesn't make any sense. No. And it's not right. And if you think about how many women work in this sector, I, I, I assume it's pretty similar in Ireland. Possibly up to 80% of businesses run by women. Many of them micro-businesses, sole traders, literally driving the economy from the kitchen table. These people are making very difficult decisions right now. Do they put food on the table for their families or do they hold on to the deposits that they might be sitting on for couples? And the other amazing thing about our sector is how the couples are still on side. They're all still on side. They can see we're on the edge of the cliff, but they're all still rooting for us, fighting for us. Yeah. I mean, they don't see that happening in the airline industry. They just want their money back. Yeah. And so why will government not take a female-dominated sector seriously? Yeah, it's, I mean, it's, the it's, thing is, this is, I have eight other planners, Carl, as you know, and each and every one of us have spent hours, hours for the last two weeks writing letters to politicians, to TDs, to senators, then replying to those, and constant, constant. It is exhausting. And not only that, we are actually, we're still doing full-time, like trying to placate our couples, not even placate them because that's the incorrect word, but tell them and reassure them that we are there for them and we're doing the job. We're here to advocate for you and to plan for you as long as we are able. Yeah. And could I ask you a question, guys? I'll put this to both I'll put this to both of you. Are we going to see I think we'll see a void at some stage again this year with with because even if we do get back, I think the fear of people just wanting to move, there's a good strong trend there that people are moving out. Um could I ask you, is there going to be space for if when we start running 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 into this season is there going to be space and is there going to be the suppliers there to meet the demand in probably late 22, 23? That's the question, isn't it? How are we going to cope with, with the demand with all these postponements? And this is what sh- something that should be fed to government to make them understand the carnage it's going to cause. So if I ask you about that, Tara, you seeing people now, they're just a 25, they might just have it, they might but is it ultimately people just trying to find new dates, especially if you're doing destination weddings, because obviously transatlantic flights and stuff are difficult at this stage too. Um, but what do you see happening there? Can you predict where it's going to kind of hit a wall? I think, I think you have to sort of like look at it at different ends of the market. And this is not, you know, like 
cutting people off at certain things. The upper end of the market, which is sort of like the sort of like luxury and ultra lux end, they will always have the weddings that they want to. They will, of course, be within guidelines, but they have more of a um, an ability to move easier than other people who are waiting on specific dates. And they're just going to have to either make the decision that they're willing to go ahead with 25 people, with 50 people, possibly with 12. I mean, who knows? We do not know at this stage what that's going to look like. And if not, if they're going to move, well, then they're just going to have to start settling. And that's an awful word to use when it comes to your wedding. But they're going to have to start settling for dates or days or venues or suppliers that are not their dream. Yeah, midweek is what you're kind of hinting at, maybe like Mondays or Tuesdays or maybe different venues and stuff like that. And can I ask you, Sarah, the trends that happened, were there similar trends in the UK, people postponing, just not going ahead? I did hear a story, you might clarify this. The the father of the bride was not allowed to walk the bride down the aisle if they didn't live in the same household. Is that not true? It was so utterly ridiculous. Is that true? Um, I think it was true. Um, and we can't go back to that. And, you know, the other thing for, for, for decision makers to bear in mind is what's commercially viable. Yeah, we could do a wedding for 15 people, but we're, we're not only not going to make any money, we're going to lose money. So that needs to be, to, to, to be remembered. And as far as I'm aware, there has been no proof that in it, it, that, that across the border from you in Northern Ireland, where they were producing events based upon a socially distanced capacity of the venue, there were no incidences of any COVID outbreak as a result of the weddings that went ahead there last summer. So now with rapid testing, with vaccines, why can they not go on that percentage of socially distanced capacity, well, could whatever I, could that I, is? Could I cut across you there, just to kind of be the devil's advocate in this, right? There is a new variable, right? So we've seen, now we don't know. We don't know uh, what, 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 how that changes things. But if this is more transmissible, I suppose, would it be an argument from government to say, well, we could never go back to that because this, this is highly transmissible now? Just to kind of put that question to you. Well, I, I guess and, and anything could happen. Anything yeah. could happen. But governments around the world have been using data and predictions to tell us what we can't do. It's time now to gather that data, look at those predictions, and to predict what we can do. And they can give us a, a, a guideline, a plan, a roadmap that we know would come with caveats. I mean, yeah. I don't want to get sick. I don't want my staff to get sick. I certainly don't want to die. Um, I certainly don't want to be putting groups of people together who are at risk. But at what point, nearly a year on, do we use the same reasons that shut us down to start getting us open? And we've got to be able to live again. And yeah. this isn't just opening a restaurant. I mean, if you own a restaurant, it's incredibly important to you. This isn't just opening a restaurant. These are occasions where people come together to celebrate family, to affirm the very concept of family. And at some point, we need to be able to understand how we're going to live again. And if we're not going to be living again the way that we were before, we still need to plan for how we're going to do Absolutely. normal, basic things. Absolutely, yeah. Like get I... married, plan to have a family, buy a house. Yeah. You know, these things have still got to be able to happen. And it isn't good enough that people like us are trying to find the solutions unaided, sitting in rooms full of politicians 
to just say, oh, yes, we understand, but don't actually do anything. No. Well, I, I assume think... now what we've got to do is start getting clever. Look, yeah. at, look at the seats that are in danger with our politicians. Well, start we ha- getting couples to lobby them. Maybe that will work. Well, what we have noticed here, okay, when they did implemented the guideline on the music and no dancing and obviously you know if you can't dance and listen to music at your wedding you kind of go right really what's the point um the couples responded to that can i just interrupt you there because i i don't think that that's the case now okay i think people who postponed their weddings last year some of them are wedding willing to make some really big compromises in order for the wedding to go ahead well we are seeing that yeah all those postponed weddings and why not? If yeah. that's what they want to do to be able to move on with their life, and anybody who hasn't started planning, you know, they can take those decisions. Yeah. But they can only take them when if they understand there. what the yeah. plan is. Well, well that's year. that's what I wanted to say. I think when the couples, the couples that are listening to this podcast, getting behind the petitions, it's the, instead of the suppliers, I suppose, just going in. But what we did see in response to that guideline and. Uh, Tara will tell you it hit the, the, the six six o'clock news. Couples just went crazy and they were just emailing TDs and they got a very, very good response. And I think with, with Tara's petition here is that's why we need the couples behind us for, for change to happen because they're, they're not really ultimately listening to us. Would I be fair in saying that, Tara? I think that they need to, yeah, then they need to get public support and understand that the tide is turning. And also the other thing is that there's only so much all of us can take of being treated like a mushroom. Yeah. You know, keep us, you can't keep us in the dark. If there is something that, you know, that we're all adults, we're grown ups, maybe people don't, but people need to know the truth. Don't feed us a crock of whatever. You know, let us understand where you're making these decisions and what the decisions are based on. As Sarah said, you know, like, let us know what we can do. We know what we can't do, but we have to be allowed to do something and give us the information and communicate with us. Yeah, and the idea that a supermarket can take care of you more safely than people like myself and Tara is frankly insulting. That's a very, very good point. It's like you can walk freely into a supermarket, you know. I know it's it's tough to use it as an analogy, right? We need to get our food and we need to eat. But this is the thing. Is it just trying to prove that we can make it happen? I mean, we Tara will tell you, weddings were happening here last year and it was a lifeline to suppliers, you know. Um, and we can make it happen and we can all adhere to the guidelines and that's the reality and we can all contact Trace and we can all get the antigen tests. So Sarah, where you are, I think you're going to be ahead of us in opening. So where are you at now with knocking on government door where you're going to possibly get some, like what would you like to see for the UK for this season? What would you like to see happening? We, We have some very, very clear objectives which are to get a plan to get some sector-specific support to get us to Easter weekend. And that will restore consumer confidence. So those are the three things we're trying to do. We've submitted a very detailed support request. Uh, We've asked for a grant. We've asked for extension of measures that hospitality here gets. So they've had a reduction in that. They've had rates release holidays. You know, if you're running commercial premises, that's very important. And we've asked for existing support to be extended should we not be opened in a commercially viable form. Um, and the Prime Minister is announcing this roadmap for the easing of restrictions 
uh, the week of the 22nd, so just over a week's okay, time. So that's something. Okay. And we have to be in it. We actually have to be in it. And the budget is coming up here in the first week of March, and okay. we need some support. And it's no longer good enough to be told, you know, we're essentially parties. Okay, Tara, I'll leave this with you. Um, where would you like to see weddings? Where would we be viable with weddings, what would you like to see for the season ahead to kind of sacrifice some sort of uh, wedding planning and weddings to happen? I think for a start, weddings as an industry need to actually be recognised by the government and for us to be taken seriously because I think without that, we're not going to get anywhere. Secondly, it would be good to have an idea of what weddings will look like because at the moment we have nothing. Um, And then as well that we need to be that plan that is coming out the new living with COVID whatever that means plan that is coming out towards the end of the month again weddings should be on that and then some level of support realistic support not just that you're part of another group weddings are very very specific and wedding suppliers cross a huge gamut of different sectors and different industries the length and breadth of this country and at the moment none of them are being looked after or recognised Yeah and look as you said it's worth 2.3 billion we're a small little country of 4.5 million Sarah do you have any kind of figures what the wedding industry is worth in in the UK? In the UK it's worth 14.7 billion pounds every year and 26% of that goes to Her Majesty's Treasury so not not helping us get to the other side is actually very bad business. Well, look, we keep on knocking on doors. You keep on knocking her ma- on Her Majesty's door for for the UK and, and, and keep up the great work on the tack for. And I can I can vouch for Tara. She's absolutely putting in huge amount of hours to this. And it's in the interest of the couples. And yes, the suppliers. I think we all know that the suppliers will get back. There's going to be a boom. But at the end of the day, these couples need to be wrapped in, in cotton wool. That's the way I like to say it. Because they are like going, it, it shouldn't be this way to plan a wedding. It should be so much easier. Uh, You know, and I think most couples going forward will probably hire wedding planners because if you're, imagine what it's like for a couple trying to move suppliers and and venue and talk to people and then trying to hold hold a job and maybe kids, God knows what. It must be just really, really tough. So guys. It must be, but everyone needs to keep the faith. Everyone needs to keep the faith. We will come out the other side. Um, for those of you guys listening, uh, Tara, just if I can express the link, it's. Uh, can you want to tell us about the link for the petition? It's change.org forward slash Irish wedding industry. Okay, that's an easy one. Change.org forward slash Irish wedding industry. Sarah, thank you very, very much for joining us. And Tara, thank you very much for joining us. Great, we enjoyed it. Thanks. I hope it was informative for all our couples.